Yes. Dear God, thank you for being with us. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you for bringing us together at church. Thank you for bringing some more members back there, Lord. Please feel that we'll bring more people back, but safely. <laughs> Dear Lord, uh, cover us today while we um, go over the testimonies of the church. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And before we actually get started, uh, I'm going to wait for Facebook to come up so that I can share that. But while we're waiting on that, um, we, uh, anybody, uh, we, we have a live church service today. And um, how did you guys enjoy that church service today? Anybody? It was great. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I did too. I thought it was really good. And I thought the, that our elder that preached was um, really good. And so if anybody wants to see it, you can go to our Facebook page. Uh, it's Two Praise SDA. Uh, two Praise is all one word and SDA is a separate, separate page. Or you can go to our YouTube channel, which is also Two Praise SDA and uh, watch that service from today. Uh, and I'm sharing this now. And if anyone else wants to share it, please feel free to do that. And then we will get started. Today, we are studying from the book, Testimonies for the Church, Volume 1, Chapter 86. And we're going to be starting at paragraph 510.1. And uh, we have been at this for quite a while now because obviously we're on Chapter 86. Uh, I believe there's 100 chapters in Volume 1. And I believe there are nine volumes. So... We're going to be studying for a while, maybe until Jesus comes. I don't know. But anyway, um, we are going to um, get through as much of it as we can uh, while we can. Uh, the, the scriptures say for us to work while it is day for the night is soon coming. So we are going to continue to uh, work. Thank you. Uh, hello to all of our online viewers, our Facebook viewers, our um, Zoom viewers, and also our YouTube viewers. And then we also are on uh, Apple iTunes podcast. Um, so welcome to anybody, wherever you're seeing this, whether it's today live or whether it's at a, a later point in time, welcome. My name is Karen Lewis. I'm uh, one of the teachers for the class. And then we also have elderly Carol, who is another teacher for the class, and he will be teaching next week from the book Heaven. All right, uh, let's go to our chapter today. Uh, we're going to be finishing up this chapter today, so uh, we may run, uh, we may finish early today because uh, there's not a lot left in this chapter, but we're going to get through it and cover it and um, uh, get done. This chapter is about the young, and uh, uh, the inspired writer had a lot of uh, words for the young. And one of the things that um, we find that as we're studying this testimonies for the church is that uh, the main thing is to look for the principles that are here, because even though she may be addressing it to a particular group, the principles are sound and the principles are principles that we can and should incorporate into our own lives. So keep that in mind as we are reading this, this particular chapter, or going through this particular chapter that was addressed to the young people. Um, and so starting at uh, paragraph 510.1, she says that 
the young are required in whatsoever they do in word or deed to do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Again, that applies to all of us and not just the young. Uh, and then she says that um, few of the youth understand what it is to be Christians and to be Christ-like. They will have to learn the truths of God's word before they can conform their lives to them or to the pattern. There is not one, and she's saying young, I'm going to put that in parentheses, person in 20 who has experienced in his life that separation from the world, which the Lord requires of all who, who would become members of his family, children of the heavenly king. Now, we've been studying this book for a while, and we have heard that number before, not one in 20. Um, and uh, where we heard it before was not one in 20 are prepared to uh, 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 enter into Christ's kingdom. Well, it doesn't even say one in 20. It says not one in 20. So that's a frightening statistic to me, um, that not even one in 20 is prepared, which tells me that we have some work to do in order to make peace with God in order to bring our lives up to that high and holy standard with his cooperation, or well, I'm gonna say it like this, cooperating with the Holy Spirit for the working out of our own salvation, um, because we can't do it by ourselves and we have to rely on Christ. We have to rely on um, uh, uh, his strength and his righteousness in order to um, make it up to that standard and the, with the help of the Holy Spirit. Any comments? Okay, uh, let's go to the next paragraph um, where it says, uh, okay. yes. I had a comment. You were okay. saying one in 20, not prepared to meet the Lord. Mm -hmm. so does that mean we can count 20 people at church and one of the people is going to make it? Hello. <laughs> you know what? Here's the thing I think about, because it says not one in 20. It doesn't say one in 20. But I think you're right, Lee. I think that 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 um, with uh, 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 what is the, the effectual fervor and prayer of the righteous availeth much, and so I think that that when the spirit of the Lord is poured out upon all flesh, then yes, I think there are those who right now wouldn't make it, but when the spirit of God is poured out, they are going to bring their lives into complete harmony with the Holy Spirit, and yes, I think they will be saved. You know, any other questions, Lee? Well, I was um, just going to point out that it says that, but we don't know who the one in 20 is. Hello, hello. hello. Yeah, only God knows. I know me. Yep, only God knows. And when you think about it, the first time that the earth was destroyed by water, there were only eight people saved out of all the people that that existed on the earth. And the thing about it is, is that wasn't even God's choice. That was their own individual choice. You know, that wasn't God's choice. God, you know, the scriptures say that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So that wasn't even God's choice in the days of Noah that only eight people were saved. All right, uh, let's go to the next paragraph. And she says, um, she's talking about um, 
that there are certain people that there's, she said, what a promise is here made upon a condition of obedience. She says, do you have to cut loose from friends and relatives and deciding to obey the elevated truths of God's word? Take courage. God has made provision for you. His arms are open to receive you. Come out from among them and be ye separate and touch not the unclean and he will receive you. And so um, I was looking at a picture on uh, Facebook today and it was a picture of a pear. It had another pear next to it that was rotten. And it said that your associations affect you. And so the rotten pear was starting to cause the good pear to go bad right where it was touching it. And so we have to be very careful of the company that we keep and the choices of the company that we keep. You know, they say birds of a feather flock together, um, but we have to make sure that we are flocking together with those who are trying to make it into the kingdom, those who are striving to enter in at the straight gate. Because if we're flocking together with anybody else and people on the broad path and people that are totally unconcerned about uh, their eternal salvation and certainly not concerned about your eternal salvation, then we are very prone to being changed by the, the keeping company with them. Uh, a little further down in that paragraph, it says that um, if you make the sacrifice, if you have to forsake father, mother, sisters, brother, wife, and children for Christ's sake, you will not be friendless. God adopts you into his family. You become members of the royal household, sons and daughters of the king who rules in the heaven of heavens. You know, sometimes you think about the fact that that's pretty hard to say, you know what, just turn your back on all these other people, father, mother, sister, brother, children. But, you know, the road to heaven is a singular road. You're not going to get there as a, as a group of people. Uh, you know, Facebook has this thing, it's Facebook groups. You're not going to get there as a group. Uh, they even have this one group about COVID-19. And, 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 when, and when they were first um, uh, doing the, when the vaccines first came out, you could look there and find where to go get a vaccine. Uh, that's not as relevant now because you can pretty much walk in a lot of places that are giving them now and get the vaccine if you choose to get it. But, um, but uh, at that point, you know, it, it was a Facebook group. Well, we're not getting into heaven in groups, but at the same time, we do have to take somebody with us, even if it's just one person in order to make it into the kingdom. So we have to have at least one star in our crown, someone that we have influenced for the kingdom. And um, it may not necessarily even be anyone that we know because it may be someone that through our efforts, through our work, um, came to know Christ, came to know them better, um, or just watched us and we didn't even know they were watching us and uh, gave their life to Christ. Okay. Yes. Um, can you think of any situations that you, a person may have to leave their families so that they can follow Jesus? Well, you know, we've heard stories in the past of, uh, well, people living together or husbands and wives and, and, and the wife wanted to be baptized and the husband objected to it and didn't like the changes that the wife was making. 
Um, or or I, I think of friends, you know, friends that you may have had back in the day that you were doing all kinds of stuff with and you've decided to give your life to Christ and you've decided to change. I've heard Tori tell that story where, you know, he decided to make a change and, and his friends couldn't believe it. The ones that he had hung with before couldn't mm-hmm. believe it. Uh, but yes, definitely. Um, and you know, what's interesting is that, you know, there's going to come a time, I believe when those who ha- are not walking with Christ among our family will be the very ones that will turn us in. And so I think that now is the time of preparation to be able to stand even amidst that kind of personal attack. Cause that's, that's what I would call it at that point, a personal attack where you have family members that are friends, close friends or whatever, that will turn you in to the authorities because you're not uh, keeping Sunday as the day of worship. Mm-hmm. Did you have any comments on that, Lakita? Uh, no, I was just wondering, you know, like what kind of situation might a person find themselves in mm-hmm. uh, that will require that they, you know, let go of the family members. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I've heard stories of women wanting to get baptized and their husbands telling them, no, you can't get baptized. You know, um, no, I don't like the changes that have come over you as a result of this. So, yeah, definitely. And we okay. heard stories in the mission in the mission story mm-hmm. about people, their husband threatens to kill them mm-hmm. they join the church or the kids right. or whatever. And they threaten to throw them out of the house and mm-hmm. you know, do all kind of stuff to them. Now I know this mm-hmm. guy, he was from here and he had joined the church. He was living with his family. And of course they all were ostracizing him and telling him he was wrong and constantly arguing with him. So he stuck it out and he still, you know, tried to do his best. Well, then he uh, became a vegetarian and he had vegetarian food he bought and the family members would eat it up. <laughs> and he was like, of course, they're not even vegetarians, but vegetarian mm-hmm. food does taste good. Mm-hmm. So they right. would eat when it, it up. When it and right. would, yeah, and he would always, you know, get upset and stuff. And they would just tell him, well, you just, you're going to have to share and blah, blah, blah. So he bought a, a, a box with a lock on it. And he locked his food in there. They broke the lock off getting to Oh, my. The only thing he could do was move out on his own. Wow. They just That's probably what the Lord wanted him to do anyway. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny that um, um, when we have, um, well, gatherings where we have uh, vegetarians and non-vegetarians, and so we have food for both, that the non the non vegetarians will eat the meat and then also eat up the vegetarian food if you, <laughs> if you allow it you know and so I've had I've experienced that with our own family gatherings you know um, they want to eat the vegetarian yeah. food first huh? but you're not trying to make a family function a vegetarian function because then you get all kinds of all that right stuff. right mm-hmm. I mean we had both we had both uh-huh. so that the meat eaters could eat you know, what they needed, but that we had something for the vegetarians also. It's just that the meat eaters wanted to eat up all the vegetarian stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, a person who eats meat will eat vegetarian food, but a vegetarian less right. likely to eat meat. And we've right. had that, too, to where we got to the point that we would just tell people, you know, cook these for us. 
And then we almost had to stand by the grill and wait. <laughs> You're not there when they're done. Somebody come along and eat and say, oh, man, that was good. Was And then you say, that was our vegetarian meat. Oh, right. vegetarian, yuck. I can't stand vegetarian. But you was happy. Right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay. Um, and then further down in chapter, I mean, in paragraph 510.2 near the bottom, it says that all that God could do has been done for the salvation of man. And yet the hearts of the children of men have become hardened. Because of the multiplicity of the blessings which God has surrounded them, they receive them as common things and forget their gracious benefactor. So a lot of the things, you know, the scriptures say that God sends rain on the just and the unjust. And this is saying that a lot of time, and also it says that it is the goodness of God. Scriptures also say it is the goodness of God that leads man to repentance. So God is so good to us. And yet there's many of us that our hearts just become hard and we think we deserve it. We think that, you know what, God's not going to keep us out of heaven because we're doing this, this and that over here. You know, as long as what we're doing in, in the public view and in the public eye uh, is acceptable, then we think that, you know, you know we're going to be received of God. But uh, no, I think that a lot of times we forget that God is doing this out of love and he wants a love response back from us because of the things that he's doing for us. Yeah, it's real easy to start taking things for granted, like sunshine and rain, mm-hmm. <clears throat> breathing, you know, right. being able to eat food, everything God right. gives us. But it comes, like it says, so often and frequently that we kind of like, oh, man, this is what another sunny day. Oh, mm-hmm. man, I'm sick of this. Or like the people, the Israelites eating manna. They got to the point where they hated it, mm-hmm. but they did, they had forgot that this is keeping you alive <laughs> through right. this wilderness, you know. Right. So we do have to thank God for any and everything that comes our way. Yeah, right. kinda, if you really want to uh, rediscover your gratitude or up it, you have to start. YouTube have all kinds of uh, videos on the way other people are living. I mean, people are living. We was watching how some kids have to climb up these steep mountains to get to school. Some kids are uh-huh. five yeah. miles, 10 miles. Across the rivers. Yeah, you know, so, and we're just taking, mm-hmm. you can get in your car and go wherever you want to go or get on the earth right. and stuff. You know, right. so we just, we do, we take it for granted. If right. All of the stuff that God gives us, we take it for granted. Absolutely. I think about how our uh, grandparents and some of us, even our parents, if they lived in rural, rural areas, there was no bus to school. They had to walk three or four miles to get to school. You know, it depends on what side of town you were from. Hello. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And then a lot of them that as they got older and they got jobs, they had to walk to their jobs. You know, mm-hmm. uh, or even if you think about the, 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 uh, was it, was it the, let me see, was it the Birmingham bus boycott? Was it Birmingham? Anyway, that, that for, over a year, huh? Coming to Montgomery when they both had a the part. Was yeah. it Montgomery? Uh, but for over a year, mm-hmm. they walked everywhere they went. You know, and some of them, their jobs were, you know, pretty far away, but they walked um, rather than suffer the injustice of racism. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, we, um, and I think that um, we have to really go on a negativity complaining fast. We need make, make it a purpose because, you know, when you look at some of what people are really living through, you know, is we have nothing to complain about. Even our poorest of poor are probably living so much better than people who think they're doing well in some other areas. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, one of the biggest way, one of the biggest offenses is when people, uh, especially in America, we just waste so much food. Mm-hmm. When there are literally people starving around the planet, they'll be right. more than happy to take that food. But right. we, we waste it, we overeat, and then we put too much on our plate and can't eat it, or we let the mm-hmm. kids dictate what they will and won't eat to us and throw stuff away because we're just not really aware of what other people are going through, like Lakita's saying. Uh, if you pay attention to what other folks are living through, you won't have a reason to complain at all. Mm-hmm. You'll be thanking the Lord for where you are in life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I've been watching some videos on YouTube uh, about uh, this organization that helps uh, people in Africa. And, you know, you just have so much to be thankful for because when you watch the physical challenges of some of these people, it just makes you say, God, thank you and appreciate God that that you neither you nor your children or people that you know had some of these difficulties uh, as far as uh, physical challenges. Uh, I saw one where this this girl, she she was called the girl in the bowl, I think. And basically her family carried her around in this little bowl. And what it was, was that she, her, her, her head had developed, but her body was still that of a three month old baby. Mm-hmm. And I was like, my God, I had, I just had never seen anything like that before. Where was that at? It was on YouTube. I was, I can send you the link later. Okay. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's an organization. Uh, I'm trying to think of the name of it. I, I, I can't think of it, but they have several videos out there where they help people with these these sort of physical birth challenge, you know, things they were born with, um, and 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 they they help them uh, raise money to get operations and surgeries and the things that they need. Uh, but you but, know, Karen, it's just Satan who get, keeps us all wrapped up and you know feeling all bad about everything, anything, anything in your life. He'll just use anything. For example, there are people who like to cut off one of their limbs or, you know, something like that, you know, and they intentionally have their limbs cut off, you know, and everything. So it's, that's just Satan right there. Just, you know, wrapping people up in stuff and, in in um, ideas that just don't really, there's no sense to it. Right. And here's right. people who are born without limbs and mm-hmm. here's somebody with two perfectly good limbs and they mm-hmm. cut them off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember Pastor Rice has said, uh, he said he used to complain about not having nicer shoes till he saw a man with no toes. Mm. Mercy. And the, the guy couldn't even really balance without mm-hmm. toes. You know, it's mm-hmm. hard to balance without toes. Uh-huh. But you see stuff like that, like that uh, documentary you saw and then other people that we know have heard about. You can only just say, thank God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank God, thank God for what I have and what I don't have. That's right. That's right. That's right. 
Uh, let's see. Let's go on down to the next paragraph. And it starts, this is a paragraph. Uh, let me see, let me, 511.1. And she's talking about how Satan is a vigilant foe and his purpose is to lead the youth. And again, I'm gonna put that in parentheses because everyone to a course of action entirely contrary to that which God would approve. And she says the youth, if right, could sway a mighty influence. Preachers or laymen advanced in years cannot have one half the influence upon the young that the youth devoted to God can have upon their associates. They ought to feel that a responsibility rests upon them to do all they can do to save their fellow mortals, even at a sacrifice of their pleasure and natural desires. Time and even means, if required, should be consecrated to God. All who profess godliness should feel the danger of those who are out of Christ. You know, I've always heard um, that, uh, and, and I believe it's in the spirit of prophecy, that the young people are going to finish the work. Well, you know what? God is going to have to do a marvelous thing because a lot mm -hmm. of the young people of this day and age they have turned away from the church. They've turned away from God. They've got their own ideas about who God is. Um, and, and, and a lot of times they feel like they don't have to obey the principles contained in the word of God because they feel like they're an exception or they just don't care. Or they feel like the, the, uh, the um, church that they have been in contact with is very hypocritical. And so they go the other way and they don't want to be they don't, they don't want any parts of it. But Ellen White says that it's the young people that are going to finish the work. And so um, that that's going to be a work that God has to do <laughs> from what I can see. And from well, what yeah, I can. You know, it's true. It is going to be a work that God can do. And, and, you know, anyway, whether it's old people or young people. So God is definitely going to have to do it. But also I see in the young people, they have... Um, gained this this here internet thing and they've gone by taking it by storm i mean they every little new every new social platform that comes out i'm still with facebook and then you have tiktok came out and 20 other different things have come out and i'm still you know i'm just now saying oh i really like pinterest you know it's been <laughs> out forever and everything so you know if that you can take it and say one or 20 you're going to uh, be saved so well one out of 20 will be saved or whatever but on the flip side that one person with with the power of Facebook I'm still there or TikTok or tweeting or whatever that's huge that's like much more than any of us could do going door to door mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you're right and and I think about the scripture that says that 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 we will be able to do more than what Christ was able to do. And I see that in uh, our, our virtual presence that we can be in St. Louis, but right now broadcasting on the other side of the world. Mm -hmm. And so I, I see that whereas Christ, when he took human form, he was no longer omnipresent. Mm -hmm. And so he could, he was only present where, where he, where his geographical location was at that point. Mm -hmm. in time. Uh, they did. He no, he did not have the advantage of radio and television and social media and all of the things that we have access to now. And actually, you know, what's funny about this this pandemic is that we have learned 
uh, I think from the pandemic that there's more than one way to do church. Yep. And there's more than one way to do ministry and outreach and all of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It says further in that paragraph, those who might have exerted an influence to save souls had they stood in the counsel of God, yet failed to do their duty through selfishness, indolence, or because they were ashamed of the cross of Christ, would not only lose their own souls, but will have the blood of other poor sinners upon their garments. Such will be required to render an account for the good that they could have done had they been consecrated to God, but did not do because of their unfaithfulness. Those who have really tasted the sweets of redeeming love will not, cannot rest until all with whom they associate are made acquainted with the plan of salvation. So, you know, we've always, uh, well, we know from the scriptures that um, we are going to be held accountable for not pointing out sin in other people's lives. I mean, their blood will be on our hands. Um, but this is also saying that the thing, the other things that we should have said, and it may not have been pointing out sin, it may have simply been leading them to Christ. Um, we will be held accountable for that too, for our failure to do that. Any comments on that? Well, remember uh, Sister White had a vision where she was walking, a bunch of people were walking past her and brushed up against her. And then she looked down and these people's blood was on her. And Mm -hmm. the angel said, that's what's going to happen to you if you don't witness with this message. So it's the same thing with us. You know, we have a duty to tell others about Christ, you know, and if we don't do it, you know, then that, that people's blood could be up on us. And Mm -hmm. none of us wants that. So it's always good as it's saying, if you, for those who truly love the Lord, you know, we should be telling other people why we love Jesus and what he has done for us and how he'll do it for them also. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And she said that the young should inquire, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And um, she says, how can, and, and, Further, how can I honor and glorify thy name upon the earth? Souls are perishing all around us. And yet what burden do youth, and again, I'm putting that in parentheses, parentheses, I'm sorry, bear to win souls to Christ? Because all of us, the commission has been given to all of us to teach, baptize, and teach. And so um, we all bear that, should bear that same responsibility for winning souls to Christ. Um, she says those who attend school could have an influence for the Savior there, but who named the name of Christ, but who named the name of Christ and who are seen pleading with tender earnestness with their companions to forsake the ways of sin and choose a path of holiness. Um, I remember, go ahead. I remember speaking with someone on the street and witnessing. And I asked, do you share your faith? He said, well, no, that's between me and Jesus. Mm. I don't share. That's between, that's personal. Like, no, mm. we have an obligation to share. That's what it says. I reminded him of that, what Jesus said. That's a commandment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know what? Different people do it different ways. Everybody is not going to be an evangelist. Everybody's not going to be a teacher. 
everybody's not going to be a preacher. Everybody is a minister of the gospel. And so um, there is, there should be something about your life that others see and see Christ and, and want that, you know? And so the, the spirit has given everyone different gifts um, to, as a witnessing tool. But we should all be, um, uh, uh, um, I'm thinking about that scripture about the different talents that we're given. We should all be gaining interest on the talents we've been given. Uh, let's see, uh, let's go on down. Um, she says that, um, let's see, in the middle of, or near the bottom of paragraph 512.1, she says um, that, uh, she says even more than one can be brought to turn from error to truth, from sin to holiness, says the Lord by the prophet. And they that turn many to righteousness shall shine as the stars forever and ever. Then those who engage with Christ and angels in the work of saving perishing souls are richly rewarded in the kingdom of heaven. And that, that goes back to, we're not going to get into heaven without having at least one star in our crowns. Um, but if we truly engage in the work of soul saving with Christ, then there shouldn't be any reason why we wouldn't have more than one star in our crowns. Um, dropping down to the next paragraph, 512.2, she said, I saw that many souls might be saved if the young were where they ought to be, devoted to God and to the truth. But they generally occupy a position where constant labor must be bestowed upon them or they will become of the world themselves. They are a source of constant anxiety and heartache. Tears flow on their account and agonizing prayers are wrung from the hearts of parents in their behalf. Yet they move on reckless of the pain which their course of action causes. They plant thorns in the breasts of those who would die to save them and have them become what God designed they should through the merits of the blood of Christ. So basically, if they're not kept busy at something, then it's just saying that they're going to become more and more like the world, but they should be devoted to God and the truth, which is where they should be and not necessarily uh, worldly labor all the time where they're constantly tired um, all the time. Um, oh, that's that whole paragraph there. That mm -hmm. is exactly the way that parents feel about their children. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like here are kids they tend to be constantly getting on our nerves, constantly not doing what we ask them to do, don't follow through. They just uh, don't seem to have common sense sometimes, you know, and they just out doing their own. And we think these, you know, these kids, they're not paying attention. They don't see all this danger out here and all they want to do is party and have fun and this and that. And the parents are constantly praying and having tears for their kids. And the kids are steadily planting thorns in the parents' breasts with mm -hmm. some of the things that they do and the, the people they hang around with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's been that way since Cain and Abel were born. You know, yeah. it's just the life of the part of the cycle of life that mm -hmm. it seems like young people have all the energy, but no common sense. Mm -hmm. And then when you no get, commitment to the service of the Lord. And then when you become a mature Christian, then you have all the 
all the energy and the maturity, but you don't have as much energy. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they say, uh, energy is wasted on the young. Mm-hmm. Youth, youth is wasted on the young. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, there's probably, like you said, many a parent who's weeped before the porch and the altar over their children and the salvation of their children. Uh, they see them um, doing all kinds of things and going all kinds of places and keeping company with all kinds of people, all the wrong, all the wrong things, all the wrong people going all the wrong places. Um, but, you know, God is still a prayer answering God. And uh, that acronym, pray until something happens, push, just keep praying. You know, don't give up. Satan's going to tempt, you know, tempt uh, us to give up because we don't see any tangible results, so to speak. Yeah, and the young people, I think um, they just do their own thing. And then sometimes parents get mad and say, just wait till you have kids. And that <laughs> seems like what it takes is when a person then has their own children, then they're the ones who are worried and praying and crying to the Lord about how the kids ain't doing right. So mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes it takes that for you to have your own kids to see and realize what your parents were going through with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, down the next paragraph, it says that God requires the young, basically, to turn their talents to a better account, um, that of adorning their profession and seeking to save souls for whom Christ has died. And so rather than using the abilities that God, talents that God has given to necessarily um, um, do our own thing, God is requiring those talents to be put to a better use. Um, down in the next paragraph, which is uh, the I last. Want to, I want to oh. go back up to. Okay, sure. Uh, at the very, the first part of that sentence, it says the youth exercise their ability to execute this or that nice piece of art, but do not feel that God requires them to turn their talents to a better mm-hmm. account that of adorning their profession, their beliefs, their love for Christ, and mm-hmm. seeking to save souls from whom Christ died. You know, that's one of the things when, uh, and I don't know if this is such a problem now, but if you want to go into any area and gain experience in it, you can lavish your love and your talents upon the church first. Whatever area, if you want to do marketing, create a marketing program for the church. You can take that anywhere. And it's worthy, worthy to be counted as experience. If you want to be an event player, planner, who doesn't need that? But lavish it on the church. You know, don't be stingy and selfish. You know, like I'm only going to do this because after all, it's free. Because it's, you know, it's really not free. It's, it's, um, you're actually gaining so much from it. If so, any any area that you are involved in, whether it's interior decorating, whatever, if you lavish your your um, talents on the church is going to win a souls for Christ first and foremost, and then B, you will learn so much from doing it. Cause this is, you know, it's still the real world. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, you're learning so much and you can really achieve and gain as a result of just working for Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's interesting that you said that 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 the work you do for Christ you can put on your resume. 
Yes, you can put it on your, and you know, no one in the church will say, no, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. If you say, you know, I really want to start, let's see, what can, what would might be, you know, an advertising campaign for the church, or, you know, I might want to do some marketing research, conduct a marketing research for mm-hmm. the church to see what type of people will come. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then even co- maybe some of your friends, may, maybe we'll come up with a strategy on how to bring those people in. You know, mm-hmm. that can be done. It's just mm-hmm. we have to stop thinking of the same old stuff and start really using our minds to think bigger, better, more. And, you know, how do I use this? I remember Holly asked me that when she was little. She was like, they said at school that we should use our talents for God. And I was just trying to figure out how would I, she wanted to be an archaeologist. How would I be an archaeologist and use that talent for God? And I was Mm -hmm. like, well, you know, maybe you could find Moses' chariot, you know, uh, when he was going, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, uh, Pharaoh's chariot, when he, when he chased Moses them across the sea and his, and the chariot and them got washed away. Maybe you can find some of the treasures and stuff, you know, so anything, you just gotta be like thinking about it. If you want to be in horticulture, why not start a, a vegetable garden and a flower garden for the Lord, you know, and an herb garden. Why not? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it can be used, you know, so standing, sometimes people are standing back saying, you know, I want this, but you know, not, you got to go beyond that. How can I get it? Mm-hmm. What do I have accessible to me so I can get what I want? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, last paragraph. Um, it says that uh, young men and women, God has a work for you to do. Take up your cross and follow him, or you are unworthy of him. While you remain in listless indifference, how can you tell what is the will of God concerning you? And how do you expect to be saved? Unless as faithful servants, you do your Lord's will. Skipping down a little bit, how can you tell how many souls you might save from ruin if, instead of studying your own pleasure, you are seeking what work you could do in the vineyard of your master? Skipping down a little bit more, begin to pray for souls, come near to Christ, close to his bleeding side. Let a meek and quiet spirit adorn your lives and let your earnest, broken, humble petitions ascend to him for wisdom that you may have success in saving not only your own soul, but the souls of others. And then she says, pray more than you sing. Um, She says, you can do work that those who minister in word and doctrine cannot do. You can reach a class whom the minister cannot reach. You know, it's funny because um, Andre and I, um, who's my husband, always talked about how Certain people are our people or certain people are someone else's people because it's true that certain people can reach some people and other people can reach other people. And so, um, but what God requires of us is that we let our light so shine that others may see our good works and glorify our father in heaven, but also um, that we be that beacon on a hill that leads people to him. Now, some people, again, uh, only some people will be influenced by, by, let's say me. Some people will be influenced by my husband. Some people may be influenced by one of you all that we could not reach because our life experiences are different. Our method of 
of, of presenting things is different. Um, and so that's why God has so many, uh, he's given so many gifts in the church because pe different people will respond to different things. Any comments? I have, I'm trying to find this statement where we were. Um, it says, pray more than you see. Mm -hmm. It's near the bottom of the last paragraph. I think this here is um, really this sentence is so important. Do you not stand in greater need of prayer than of singing? And I think that we are like, I've heard for many years that people will say, you know, well, people say just pray about it, you know, as if there's something wrong with that. And you don't realize that's the best thing you can do. There's nothing more. There's nothing that equals the power of God into you. And because God works in such a kind and calm and, and sometimes, you know, in a way, my goodness, that you have no idea about what God is preparing for you and stuff. So that it just seems like nothing is happening. But something has always happened. I, I read a statement where, you know, God has the future. He's waiting for you to walk into your blessings, you know. And it's just, it's really awesome how, you know, God already knows stuff that's happening. And I used to hear, well, I still hear but when I used to hear a long time ago, well, you should praise God for your problems. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's that's just going to invite more problems. <laughs> but yeah, because that's God's way of really, really showing you his love for you. You know, because we're going to have them problems. I mean, Satan ain't going to stop giving them to us, hoping that one of them will knock us off the block. But, yeah. you know, just being so happy and praying, praising God, because you've seen him work for you in the past. And stuff, and I do think I think singing is important. But I really would like to see like people. Um, I used to think telling people, you know, like your your, um, your doctors and stuff. But now, my way of thinking is just invite people to pray because if they can get connected to God and start praying on their own, He's going to lead them just like He leads me. I don't have to do anything more. So I do invite people to pray, to pray and stuff, because I think that's it. That, that really is very important. And while, while she's talking about specifically, in this case, singing, there's a lot of other things that distract our attention from doing what God wants us to do. So absolutely, she's and talking about anything absolutely. that is taking our time from God. And she's asking, do you not stand in greater need of prayer than of whatever else has got your attention? Yeah, like complaining or, you know, moaning, or yeah. crying, or feeling depressed, or, or anxiety, job, or family, or, yeah, you know, I mean, and this, yeah, that's true, you know, all those things, if you can, even if you complain, you can talk to God, you can pray to God, you know, Lord, this is it, people get on my last nerve, <laughs> you know, let him talk to him, because he, he, he has it, he's got it, he already know you feel it more, you're not hiding from him. <laughs> That that that's a that's a very good point. Let your complaints, if they are, go to God and not to other people. Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes, you know, I know I I used to do this a lot. Think and think and think and think about the problem. Think, 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 rather than pray. 
you know, we can stop the thinking because that's called anxiety, worry, uh, and what other things you want to put with it. But uh, and then actually ask God to show you the solution and look for the solution because they're out there. It wouldn't be in your life if it couldn't be solved. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, if there's no other comments, uh, we're going to close out that chapter for this week. Uh, Lee, what are we studying next week? Next week, we're on the book Heaven, chapter 16, and we're at paragraph 153.1. And um, <clears throat> uh, chapter 16, paragraph 153.1, this, this starts out with the sentence, his servants shall serve him. Okay. Yeah. Chapter 16, paragraph mm -hmm. 153.1. The little first sentence is, his servants shall serve him. Okay. All right. Um, okay, well, I want to thank everyone for joining us today for our discipleship class. Uh, if you're online watching, um, we thank you for joining us. If you watch later, uh, we thank you for joining us and invite you to join us for our live presentation next week at 2.30 p.m. Um, and uh, on, uh, on these same um, streaming platforms. And uh, we're going to close out with a word of prayer at this time. Um, let's bow our heads. Dear, kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time studying your word, Lord, and the spirit of prophecy, Lord. And we just thank you for the truths that we have been able to uncover in this uh, study, Lord Jesus. And I pray that you would help us to apply these things to our lives and not uh, believe that they are just for someone else and just for the youth, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would keep us throughout this week in your um, presence and uh, keep us uh, under your protecting uh, arm. And I pray, Lord, that you would fill us each and every day with your Holy Spirit and draw us closer to you each and every day and closer to our goal of reaching heaven, Lord. And uh, help us as we go throughout our week. Bless uh, the work of our hands, Lord, and bless the thoughts of our minds to be uh, 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 pleasing in your sight, Lord Jesus. And uh, I ask you also to heal the sick among us and comfort those who are uh, mourning the loss of loved ones, Lord, and just keep us with all of your keeping power until we meet again, Lord. Uh, and we just thank and praise your holy and righteous name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.